0: Today's show is sponsored by M1 Finance. M1 Finance is one of my favorite investment tools because it's free. It allows you to purchase partial shares of stock. So you can buy Amazon with $3 instead of $3,000, for example. And it allows you to do automatic rebalancing. With M1, you can essentially create your own robo-advisor and cut out all of the fees by selecting a set of low-cost index funds, setting your target percentage allocations for each fund, and turning on automatic rebalancing. If you set up auto deposits to the account each week, M1 will automatically weight the purchase of each fund back towards your targets. Plus, M1 is set up to help investors think long-term rather than fostering a trading mentality that you see with other apps. I have used M1 myself for many years and have no plans of stopping. One thing I have really appreciated is that when I transfer funds to M1, they are available to purchase the very next day, compared with Robinhood, which takes like five days. Ouch. M1 is definitely unique, and I love its features. There are plenty more I didn't even touch on, like the ability to create a portfolio line of credit at super low rates on up to 35% of your account balance and earn cash back with your own M1 checking account. To use this tool, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode or go to businessandinvestingsherpa.com forward slash M1. Doing so will help support the show and we would greatly appreciate it. Now let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the Business and Investing Sherpa podcast where we'll teach you how to build an automated, scalable, multi-million dollar e-commerce business just like we did. Plus, we'll teach you how to invest the profits to reach financial independence and a whole lot more. We're not interested in retiring early, though, but rather building a life we never want to retire from. Hey, guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Business and Investing Sherpa podcast. So, on today's episode, we are going to dive deep into one of the most critical aspects of building your business, which is how do you determine your very first product? So, just to begin, as you can imagine, your first product is absolutely critical to the success of your business. It is the product that will give you the confidence to move forward or the learning experience um, to push through and find what will work or the detriment of your business. And in my case, when we first started our online business, it was actually number two. It was the learning experience that caused us to Learn what we needed to in order to pivot and go forward successfully and create a successful business. So, I'm hopeful that I can share with you our experiences so that you can learn from those and not make the same mistakes and that you'll be poised to potentially make your very first product a success. Your first product is crucial to your overall success because it will either be profitable and allow you to grow or not. The lessons in this episode are of paramount importance. So first, when we're trying to determine our first product, we're gonna start by thinking of a product that just seems too expensive. So oftentimes in the marketplace, just going about your day, you'll run across things that just seem too expensive. And usually there's a reason for that, and a lot of times that reason is tied up in a historical chain, supply chain, that you might be able to break in the sense of going direct to consumer. So what we have found is that historically there's a lot of products that did best in retail Not necessarily they did best, but the brands that owned those products were kind of handcuffed to retail stores in the sense that retail is where most of the customers resided. That's where most of the sales occurred. And there's right now there's an ongoing shift where e-commerce now makes up about 15% of total sales and that number is gaining year after year and taking more and more market share from brick-and-mortar retail. And the narrative that we see playing out is that the brands that have historically been established in brick-and-mortar get so much of their revenue from those brick-and-mortar physical locations that they rely on those locations for a significant part of their revenue. And the physical store owners that operate these buildings, they require a markup from the brands. Um, When we reached out to brands or to store owners and just large large companies to get in retail stores, we found that they wanted to take our products, purchase them at a wholesale price, and mark them up 50% for the consumer. And so what we found is that there's a lot of products and a lot of companies or a lot of brands out there that are still tied to that model because that's where so much of it comes, so much of the revenue. And we also found that these retailers will not allow you to advertise your products at a lower price anywhere else. So if you imagine a brand has a strong retail presence and that's historically any brand that has been of significant size at all in the past. Well, they are handcuffed to taking those products and selling them cheaper on their own because they still have a lot of sales come from retail and the retailers say, hey, if you want our sales, you've got to price them to the public at a large enough margin that we can take our cut and you can take your cut. And this has allowed for many this has created a new shift in the online space, um, or just in retail in general, where people like you and me can go direct to the manufacturers, create a good product and do good branding. And now, if we were never handcuffed to these retail locations in the past, then we have the opportunity and kind of the privilege to go direct to consumer and provide a better price. To people, And so often, if you can find items that just seem too expensive, then you've likely come across a product line or a niche that continues to be handcuffed by the retail environment. And so if you find one like that, um, then think, is this something that generally gets sold more so in retail stores? Maybe it's small niche specialty dealers. Um, than online in the past. And that could be an indication that this is potentially a good product line for you to move into. So next, it's we find that it's valuable to think about products that sell for more than $100 or even 200 or more. The reason for this is when you're trying to advertise for your products, and for your brand, the lower the margin and essentially the lower the overall profit per product, the more difficult it is to advertise for that product and to break into that niche. So for example, our first product was only $20 that we sold it to the public. And when you're selling a product for $20 and you're paying... Really, say it's just $1 per click in Amazon advertisements or Google Ads or Facebook Ads or wherever your advertising platform is, then you need 1 in 10 people to convert just to make... So if every 1 in 10 person purchases, then you spent $10 to get that sale, and the product is probably say it has $10 of profit, if it's a $20 product, so you're not you're not breaking even. So you need a very high conversion rate at 10% to be able to even break even. And so that's difficult um, to make profitable. But if you can find products that are over $100, 200 or more dollars, then you have the opportunity to say you have that same 10% conversion rate Often we have found that these higher priced products cost the same or slightly higher cost per click. So you might only be paying, say, a dollar or a dollar fifty, but your product is two hundred dollars, and say you have fifty dollars of profit built in, fifty or more, and you still have that same conversion rate. Well, now you have forty dollars of profit rather than no profit at all. So it gives you the ability to find a viable way to scale into your business and break into the niche. So the next step is to search Amazon.com for the product and look at what comes up. So once you've identified a potential good product, then... We want to go and look at Amazon. A few other things um, to consider as far as a product is, can you find something that truly solves a problem? Um, Can you make a product that is new to the marketplace, um, but can piggyback off of existing products out there in a way that people will understand what the product is when they see it? Um, and they'll be able to understand quickly why it's better than the competition. If it's a product that is not able to be understood, um, the unique selling proposition, then that will be difficult um, to educate consumers because it costs money to educate through more advertising and longer um, life cycle for customers to understand the product. So those are just some other ideas um, as you're looking for products. But once you have one, we're going to go to amazon.com and we're going to search for the product and we're going to look at what comes up. So some of these strategies are pretty advanced um, in the sense that they're not complex to understand, but they're super powerful. So we're going to look for products on the first page that are not the exact product we searched for. So if you went, and this is a completely bogus example, but if you searched for a leather umbrella, and you go to Amazon, you look at the first page, and you just want, for whatever reason, an umbrella that has a leather canvas on top. And you look and you see on Amazon only, say there's three leather umbrellas, and then the rest of the first page are other types of umbrellas. Well, this is a good indication that there is room for more leather umbrellas on Amazon. So this is just one of the criteria we look for that can be a good indication that there is low competition. And really, ideally, in all of these steps, we're looking for ways to quantify the level of competition as well as the level of potential, which we'll talk about multiple ways to do that. So next, if we find one that has that, then that's a pretty great indicator that there's low competition, but we also need to know, is there potential? Another, um, step we can take is to look for products that are sponsored that aren't the exact product type we searched for. So in this case, let's assume we looked for the leather umbrella on Amazon. And maybe in this instance, there's like half the page is leather umbrellas, half the page isn't. Now we're gonna look at the sponsored ads. So if you look at the products at the top and middle and bottom that say sponsored on the image or near the product, Um, that is a product that someone is advertising on Amazon for the search term that you put in. So say you typed in leather umbrellas, and this is what comes up. So if we find that there are products that are being sponsored for the term leather umbrellas, but those products themselves are not leather umbrellas, then this is an indication that the advertising competition is going to be low for this product because if someone's advertising there, that means that they are likely using either an automatic campaign or some sort of manual t- keyword targeted campaign that has loose relevance to their own product. So they might be running a bid on the word umbrella And that as a broad match search term, and that is triggering your leather umbrella term. And so often if there's a product there that isn't relevant, but it's sponsored, then this is an indication that there is room for you to come in as the relevant product and specifically target that search term with a more precise bid type, such as an exact match bid campaign for that search term leather umbrellas and you are going to be able to show up there because your product is more relevant and you can because it's more relevant you can also afford to bid higher and win that spot so this is one way to determine how much competition there is for the product set you're looking at and it's if you find a product like this that is super valuable um, because Advertising is one of the very best ways to drive traffic and sales on Amazon. It's a key part of the overall strategy needed to be successful on Amazon. And so finding products like this is a win. So next, we're going to look for products on the first page that don't have an average of four stars or better. So if we find that on the first page there are many products that are three and a half stars, then this is a good indication that we can do better than that. Often, one we're going to want to have we're going to want to have a very high quality product in general, um, no matter what. But with some of the follow up strategies we do on serving your customers really well it is very likely that we will be able to generate over four stars through the way we serve our customers and these products that have less than four stars this is one way that we will very easily be able to differentiate ourselves we have found that if you are proactive in providing valuable information in a way that you just put the customer first so what we do there is a specific email follow up campaign that targets um, customer satisfaction over all things, and this has driven our products to have very strong reviews and high frequency of review counts. So our conversions, the amount of people that leave reviews on our products, is per purchase is much higher than. Our comp, our competitors. So that's a good sign. You also want to look for products on the first page that have less than 50 or even 100 star ratings. This is another great indication that there is not a whole lot of competition. Um, products that just have lower reviews, this is something that we can come in and we can over time push the advertising t- and our follow-up email to get more reviews than the competition we're also going to look for products on the first page that are priced high if we can undercut the products in pricing which is something we'll dive deeper into on a future episode where we talk about how to reach out to manufacturers determine the pricing look at our profit margin all these things so if we can determine Um, that we can undercut the price, then that is also a huge step in this process. We're going to look also for products on the first page that have strange brand names or weird pictures. So this one might sound a little silly, but there are just a plethora of Chinese brands on Amazon. So Chinese manufacturers that create their own brand and sell it on Amazon. And they are terrible at branding, so they have awful names and pictures that are just not what an American would normally associate with good branding. So this makes it a challenge for them to succeed, ultimately, on Amazon. So we want to look for, if we see that the products on the first page have bad brand names or bad pictures, weird text, the way it's written, um, then this is also a good indication because we are likely going to be able to do better than them at those things. Next, we're going to look also for products that we think we can improve on what the customers are saying in the review section. So if you go to some of the better selling products in your niche, And you filter for less than or equal to three stars. And then it's really important to read through the reviews and find out what people are saying that they don't like about the product. Because this is, one, something that you want to address when you create your product. This is um, huge information that you can gain from the reviews. You want to make a list of everything and try to determine how can you fix Um, these problems. Make sure that customers don't have the same issues with your product. And this allows you to create a better product that you will hopefully be able to offer at a better price. So in general, the more of all of the above tactics and tips that we just talked about that we find, the better. If you can find that some of the above are true, Competition may be low enough to compete. And now we want to look at potential revenue. So another tool that we're gonna talk about right now that is also valuable in the product research phase, um, we didn't go over, but the tool is called Helium 10. And another one um, is Jungle Scout. So between these two tools, you can do lots of filtering and apply um, searches that comb through Amazon's categories and their historic sales. So these these companies, Helium 10 and Jungle Scout, they collect data on the BSR, which is the best seller rank over time to determine how much products are selling on Amazon. So we can use these tools to dig in deep into our niche and see exactly how much products, how much revenue is coming um, from the products that we are interested in and that we're diving into. So Helium 10 specifically is one of our very favorite tools for selling on Amazon. You'll, you'll hear us talk about this more in the future. Um, We also have a affiliate discount for people that want to use helium 10 if you just go to the show notes and click on the link then that will take you to helium 10 and you can get a discount on your subscription helium 10 is one of the tools that you are just going to want to have because it does so many things Um, and as we go through this course And as you learn more about how to sell on Amazon, you will find that Helium 10 makes your life um, so much easier and it also gives you the best ability to succeed on Amazon. So one of the features of Helium 10 we're going to talk about today is the Helium 10 Google Chrome extension. So with this extension, you can download it in Google Chrome And then you can go and search Amazon for your product's primary generic keyword, and you can actually pull up, it'll pull up a chart um, that shows you the monthly sales revenue from Helium 10 data for all of the products on the page. And so ideally, we're going to be looking for, we want to see that the individual products on the page are doing really the more the better better but i would say at least 3 at least 30,000 a month in general in sales in revenue um, for s- several some or several of the products on that first page and even 100,000 and more a month is great to see if if products are doing 30,000 or more a month in revenue and we have found that some of the above um, tactics that we're looking for is to determine low competition, then we may be on to a winner within the niche we're looking for. Um, So if we find something with low competition but high potential revenue, then we have the potential to create a profitable product. So we are also going to look at the reviews um, here we're going to, it's going to show you the average review counts, um, how many sellers are on that product, And all of these things are good ways to get a sense of the competition and how much potential there is for that niche. So just to wrap it all up, um, once you find a product that has low competition and high revenue, you have likely found a great first product but before we pull the trigger um, we're gonna have to determine our pricing and so in two episodes from now um, on our build your business series we're going to talk about how to reach out to manufacturers to get pricing details and samples on the next episode of this series, we are going to discuss how to set up your legal entity, how to get a business checking account and get an EIN number, because these are all critical steps um, to getting your business going. And then you can reach out to manufacturers and make sure that the pricing is going to work and begin the process of getting samples and moving towards having your first product available for sale. So Lastly, if you want to have all of this information available at your fingertips, if you want to be able to work through everything step by step and see detailed visual examples of what we're talking about, how this works, then you should go to businessandinvestingsherpa.com and sign up to become a pro member because as a pro member, you'll get access to our entire online course, and all of our courses on business and investing, as well as our templates, our tools, our detailed videos, and so much more. So I hope you go. will go there, check that out, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It is super important, um, determining your first product. Product selection, the product research phase, is truly the most important aspect of getting a successful business going Um, so I hope that you will take this part very seriously Um, take to heart the tips we have given out here and go out there and start your brand you can do this If you'd like to build, grow, and sell an e-commerce business, or learn how to invest wisely for passive income to cover your living expenses, then you should go to businessandinvestingsherpa.com and sign up for a pro membership. As a pro member, you'll get access to all of our courses, tools, and tactics with step-by-step details on how to build an e-commerce business, as well as access to our investing courses and tools, along with our model portfolio and monthly investment updates. Become a pro member today and let us be your guide for each step of the way on your journey to financial independence. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're new to the show, I highly recommend you listen to episode one and slowly work your way through all the episodes as the content builds upon itself. Also, if you are getting value from this podcast, please consider financially supporting the show to encourage us to keep it going. You can do this by clicking on the link in the show notes. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, and we would greatly appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and review. Take care and see you on our next episode.